time, let's welcome up Gary after this video. There we go. They, uh, there was one more ticket number, 637, and I just want a bottle of water. I need it. All right. Hey, welcome, everybody. You know, we need to stop and take a moment and say happy Father's Day to the perfect father, don't we? Let's just look heavenward and say, Lord, we say happy Father's Day to you. We thank you. For all that you do and all that you are, God. We thank you for your provision, for your faithfulness, for your love, your unconditional love and your unconditional grace. We thank you, Lord. We say happy Father's Day in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, uh, you know, I've got, it's a special day. And guess what? And I have it. Almost every one of the members of my family in the house. I've got my, I have my oldest daughter, Kirsten, and her three kids. My number two daughter, Rochelle, and her three kids. Where's Ashley? Ashley, who's usually here, she escaped. But her husband's back there and her kids were just here. Um, what's that? That's all right. You know what they did? My, the three girls, you know what they did? They, uh, they got together and they gave me a gift of $100. And, um, and they said, buy, we want you to buy yourself something that's going to make your life easier. So I thought and I thought and I decided, you know, I'm going to buy a present for my wife, Kathy. <laughs> that will make my life easier. It always works. She's tough, I'm telling you. You guys know her. She can be tough. Hey, today we're going to look at uh, 
what God's Word tells us about being godly fathers. And, uh, you know, I really, uh, I, I want, so, you know, we have, we have a lot of, we have fathers in the house, we have spiritual fathers, we have mothers in the house, spiritual mothers. This is, this message is for everybody. Um, and I, I wanted to, I want to set it up front. This is a message of encouragement. There is no shame in God. There's no condemnation in Jesus Christ. So this message is a word of encouragement. Now, there be some, may be some things that I say, and you say, you know, I need to change that or I need to tweak that in my life, and that's good. That's what God wants us to do, right? We are continuing to grow into his image. So don't let there be any condemnation here. So this is for every believer because we're, gonna be, we're all called to be people after God's own heart, aren't we? And he's got a wonderful heart. So uh, even if you're a new believer... We, we're all sharing. We're all called to be people who share the gospel with our friends and those around us. And so this message is for everyone in the room. Amen? Amen. All right. So, uh, you know, sometimes holidays like this can be a little bit tough, depending on what our relationship with our dad was. Or, you know, like in my case, I had a, I had a wonderful father. He's with Jesus now. He was my hero. A great, a great guy. Uh, I really miss him. Was he perfect? No. None of us are perfect. But uh, uh, it was really a blessing to have him. Now, you may not have been as blessed. You may not have a father that you had a great relationship with, or maybe, maybe, maybe you, you feel like you had an estranged father, or maybe didn't even know your father. But you know, it doesn't matter, because all of our earthly dads are imperfect. Are there any perfect dads in the room today? I need to know before we get started here. My hands are not up. There are no perfect dads. All right. So with that in mind, um, we all can look back and we may have sad or embarrassing or painful thoughts or memories of growing up. But God wants to deal with that because he is our perfect dad. He is our perfect father. We are all called to be sons and daughters of the Lord. So um, that's, that's what we're going to be talking about today. And that's why we're talking about being a father after God's own heart. You know, we can learn from Jesus, who was the perfect teacher. And there are over a hundred verses in the Bible that uh, ta- tell us what, uh, how we should be teachers to all of us around us. We are all called to be a teacher. Now, some are, some are called to different levels of being a teacher, but we're all called to share Jesus Christ and tell people about Jesus Christ and tell them about the kingdom of God. And that's teaching, right? So we're all called to be teachers. And, um, you know, Jesus, how did Jesus teach? You think back as he, as he was with his disciples and even just the the people in his, in his community, he taught by example, didn't he? Time and time again. He was a role model. He taught by example. He didn't just tell them. He showed them. And then he would send them out, and they'd come back, and he would work, work with them some more and help them through that. So we're all called to be models of godly works and to teach those around us, whether it's you know our, our kids or uh, uh, the people we hang out with in the office or the people we hang out with on Zoom calls because we won't go into the office, or uh, 
the people at the, at the coffee shop where we're at Starbucks or the people at the gun range or maybe even people on the golf course. We're all called to talk to them and share about Jesus. So I like what Colossians 3.16 says. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart. See, we're supposed to let the word of God dwell in, dwell in us, and we're supposed to be thinking of So dwell, what does that mean? That means we're focused on it. We're memorizing it. We're, we're just sitting there thinking about it, letting it just consume us so that it just pours out of our pores to those around us. Can you see that picture where it just kind of oozes out of you? I like Bill Johnson talks about that all the time. He says, you, you know, we should be walking around with so much of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in us that as we walk into the grocery store, he just kind of spills out and oozes out of us onto those around us and makes them hungry for more of what he's doing. That's how, what God's calling us to, to be. So our Heavenly Father is an example to us. Jesus is our example. And he's part of the, the Trinity. So he's really part of God. He said, if you see me, you're seeing God. So he's our example. And we know that he loves us and he protects us and he's faithful. But what he's doing, he's really, he's really showing us an example of how we're supposed to be treating our kids as fathers. And when I say kids... I want you to be thinking, if you don't have any kids, I want you to be thinking about my friends, those around me, everybody else. Because it's all the same. It's those people outside of us. But he wants us to be examples to our kids, to our families, uh, how we care for them. What's the proper way? What's the way God wants us to care for our family? What's the godly way to be a father? What's the godly way for a father to treat his wife, the mother of his kids? Because this is so important. You think about it, as the kids are growing up in the household, and they see how their dad relates to them and their mom, and they, he, he's really, by example, he's teaching them how to become a godly person, how to become a godly father when they grow up, or a godly mother when they grow up, what it's like to live in a godly family. If you, haven't, if you didn't grow up in a godly family, you understand, man... I wish I had. If you did grow up in a godly family, hopefully you realize, man, what a blessing. What a blessing that I grew up in a godly family. Because that's what God wants us to be teaching our kids and our family, what the godly family looks like. You know, about, gosh, it's been about 25 years ago, Kathy and I were called into a deliverance ministry. And it came in a number of different ways. It was prophesied over us. It was through some examples in life and a number of different things. And I mean, it was one of these things that we really, it's not one of the things that you may, may ask for, you know? It's not one of those top five ministries to be in, the deliverance ministry. But we took it seriously and uh, we moved forward in it. And over the years, we have seen God move in some powerful, powerful ways setting people free from the torment of the enemy. The enemy just loves to get in and torment people and destroy their lives and cause people to be broken. And when you see somebody set free from that, I mean, it is so rewarding. I mean, every time I see it to this day, it just blesses me. 
And, and, you know, we've seen some of that here. You know, we've seen quite a bit of that here over the last few months, haven't we? We've seen God setting some people free. One of the things that, um, as we talk to people, and we're trying to get to the root causes, we always ask a lot of questions, and we're trying to figure out, well, okay, because the way the enemy gets, uh, attacks us, he gets a foothold in our life in some way. And many, many, many times the cause of that is because of negative things that happened when they were young in the family. Uh, could be uh, daddy issues, could be mommy issues, could be sibling issues. Um, but it, we, we see it. I mean, it's not the only reasons. There's a lot of different ways the enemy gets in. He'll look at anyway. But it really is, quite frankly, many of the root causes come from poor family lives. And so that's why it's so important that we really push on and do as fathers. We push on to have godly home lives for everybody in our family so that they don't have to go through that kind of pain. Uh, God, the good news is, when somebody does go through that, he, wa he wants to set them free. And he's standing there, and he's ready, and he will set you free. Because he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen. Okay. Now, let's look at what Deuteronomy tells us about teaching our kids. <clears throat> and these words I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. Isn't that a good verse? When you sit, walk, stand. Right? Actually, Watchman Nee wrote an old book years ago, Sit, Walk, Stand. It was a great book. I haven't read it for years. It's a great book. But sit, walk, when you rise, when you lie down. I mean, think about it. That's what we're supposed to be doing with our kids. We're supposed to be teaching them in all those ways. And that, what is that describing? That's describing life, isn't it? That's what life is. We're either walking, we're sitting, we're getting up, we're going down to bed, whatever. That's life. And then he's saying that we're supposed to be examples all day long. Teaching them kingdom principles as we walk together through life. Think about that. Everything we're doing. So you're eating breakfast, you're pouring out some Cheerios, teach them some kingdom principles. Or you're pouring a cup of coffee, let's talk about the kingdom. Or you're playing golf, or you're going to the library, or you're going to school, or you're sitting in a car, or even watching TV. We can use all of those things to teach kingdom principles. Teach by example. You know, we're supposed to, so I'm going to name some specific areas that it's really important that we're all teachers in. So we see we're supposed to be teachers by example. One of them is teaching the word and prayer. It starts there, right? We start by teaching word and prayer. How do we do that? Well, first of all, we have to take time ourselves to be reading the word and take time ourselves to be in prayer. But then we need to let our kids see us reading the word and see us in our prayer closet. And hear us praying. And then we need to show them how to read the word. And show them how to pray and how to walk in that. So it's example and leading, right? And as we do that, then we can raise them up so that they see this is a way of life. This is what we do if we want to be kingdom people. How many here want to be a kingdom person? Raise your hand. All right. 
You are? Is that what you said? I am? I am or I do? All right, good. I do. Uh, secondly, as we're teaching kingdom principles, we need to help our kids to understand, you know, what it means to, be, to walk in purity, to walk in holiness, to walk in forgiveness, and to give grace to those around us. You know, all the different things that will make us good people, right? Kind people, godly people. And that's, a, you know, so as your kids are going through their, their everyday life, these are the things we need, need to be teaching them with. You know, when they go to school, when they're with their friends, when they're playing, how to play, how to do all the things they're doing in a godly way. How to be a good friend and develop a deep relationship, good relationships. And when they don't, well, we'll talk about that in a minute, but we need to deal with that too. So we not only teach them what to do, but we teach them what not to do. And there's ways, ways to do that. So we'll look at that in a moment. Another thing that's important that we teach, this is really important, is tithing. How many people believe tithing's important? Amen. We got more hands than that. How many people believe tithing's important? Come on. Bible makes it really clear. Tithing is important. Um, you know, Deuteronomy tells us that we are commanded to tithe. Did you know that? It's not that we, he asks us to tithe. He commands us to tithe. Because he knows that money, the things that we need to live on, all come from, in our case, money. It was a day where it was bartering in other ways. You know, you'd work, you'd, you'd work and you'd grow something and then you'd take that and you'd go trade it for somebody else because you needed, you needed a, uh, them to build you a chair or something. So, but it's, it's our labor. Money represents our labor. And God knows that that's really important to us. We spend all of our time, much of our time, on labor. And when we get back from it, we're proud of what we did. You know, we should feel proud. It's, we accomplished something. But he knows that's our heart. And he wants us to give out of our heart, doesn't he? So that's why tithing is so important. And he knows that where our money is, is where our heart shall be. So we need to teach that to our kids. And why it's important for them to tithe. And they can start when they're little, little, little. You don't have to wait till they're grown up. In fact, if you teach them when they're little, then hopefully they're just going to grow right into it. I know Kathy used to homeschool. She homeschooled our kids, actually, most of the school they went through till they graduated high school. And a part of what she did was she led them in teaching them how to tithe. And they, you know, they earned some allowance. And so then she set them up, and they each had their little envelopes, right? You guys remember your little envelopes? Ashley's saying, no, I didn't have an envelope. <laughs> and so they had an envelope for the tithe. And then they had another envelope for them, their savings. Because you know what? You don't just spend the rest of it. You need to save some, right? Gloria, you need to be saving, right? Okay, I heard you just taught some people on saving. So they had their tithe envelope. Then they had their savings envelope. And then they could go spend the rest. You know, they could go spend the twenty they have left or whatever it was. <laughs> So, uh, but that's, that's how we can, and they need to know that you're tithing. They need to see you. I do it old school. We do it old school. We don't do this texting on an app and shooting it into sight. We go pay him money, man. Pay him a check. Come on. It's, oh, I'm an old school guy. That's why, I'm, that's why they chose me to talk today, because I'm an old school guy, okay? So, uh, 
You know, they needed an old guy for to be a grandfather and a father. They don't need any young bucks, man. We need an old guy. I won the ticket. That's what my ticket was for, I think. Okay, another thing it's important to teach about. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. More of Holy Spirit. I love that we've got this conference. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm just going to make an official announcement. Intercessory prayer on Wednesday night for all of you that participate on intercessory prayer. I hope you're all here listening. We're going to cancel it Wednesday night so we can be over at Trinity for this, uh, this service. It'll be powerful. Over the years, we've heard a lot of people think, well, you know, my kids are too little to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. We need to grow up and be older. It's not what I see. Jesus made it really clear that uh, he said all the believers, right? When he, he said, go wait, all the believers. He didn't have an age limit. I didn't see anything in there about you have to be 21. He said, all of you wait and the Holy Spirit will come to you. And that was Pentecost, right? And that's when he poured his spirit out. And then, and then he prophesied to us. In fact, Mary brought it up in, in pre-service prayer today in Joel 2, right? Joel 2, I will pour my spirit out on all flesh, all sons and daughters. So it's for everybody in the house and all of those over in children's church. So we need to be teaching that. We need to be showing them that. Um, you know, we, expect, we want our kids to grow up, be strong believers, follow the Lord. They need the Holy Spirit as much when they're growing up as they do when we get old. Trust me. Even more. Even more. And uh, so, so we need to do what we can to help lead them in that. And to lead them in that means we need to be walking in that. So if you're not walking in it, we need to talk. We got some... We got a good book out there. Everybody can read. It's all scripture. All that's in here, this little pamphlet, is Bible talking why you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues, walking in the gifts of the Spirit. This is something we all need. And that's what we'll hear on Wednesday night. And that'd be a great place. If you say, man, I don't know much about that. I haven't been able to receive that. Be there Wednesday night, right? Be there or be square. All right. Old school. That's right. Our, uh, so we taught this to our kids. And, and our three kids were all filled with the Spirit when they were young. Some, I think, maybe four or five, up to maybe ten. But they all received their prayer language. They were all speaking in tongues. And I just tell you what, don't wait, guys. Help them grow. I mean... They, they, it's so much easier. We've, we've, that's, an, that's anointing that God, years ago we were, it was called, they said, you have an anointing for this. We never knew we had an anointing for it, but we've prayed for a lot of people to get filled with the baptism of the Spirit over the years. I mean, I don't know. More than a hundred. I don't know how many more than a hundred, but it's a lot. Some of the hardest people are when they come up and they're my age. It's like, okay. But you know what? They've walked so long without it that sometimes it's hard for them to just open up and receive it. So much easier when they're little kids. Don't make them wait. Teach them now. Okay. This is, you know, this, this message is a Father's Day, Grandfather's Day message, right? 
And you can ask my kids and grandkids. They've all heard this stuff. I teach this at home. I teach all this stuff. We'll be sitting around dinner and they get mad at Papa, right? He's laughing. Because I start, sorry, you don't get to eat till we, you guys are going to get a really good sermon today, man. Okay. Do not let children's church be the only place your kids hear about God. Right? You need to be teaching them about God. And then children's church just says, what you're hearing at home is right. It's not their responsibility to be teaching your kids. We all need to be teaching them as we walk, sit, lie down, and rise. Amen? All right. Number two. So that's teaching. Number one is teaching. Number two, we need to train and discipline. Okay. So this moves to the second part. Uh, Listen to what this secular psychologist says about discipline. Discipline is important because it allows people to be successful, free, and have some amount of power and control in their lives. Discipline also allows people to abide by rules and regulations in society. Whether it's at home, school, or work, discipline plays an important role in life. Discipline is important to learn at a young age as it teaches people that there are consequences associated with poor behavior, such as altercations with parents, teachers, and others. Having discipline also shows that a person respects and considers others. In fact, discipline is considered to be one of the fundamental components of a successful person. Now, that's a secular psychologist. As I read that, I thought, that's all biblical. I can can support that whole thing with the Word of God. God uses discipline to teach us and help us to be successful, godly believers. That's why he gave us discipline. That's why he tells us that we need to discipline our children and train train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. So discipline is an important part of of raising kids. Discipline is an important part as we're dealing with friends. It's a little different way you deal with discipline. But you know, we're, we're, we're called to reprove and rebuke. An iron sharpens iron. Now, what does that mean, an iron sharpens iron? You ever sharpened a knife? You can sharpen a knife with a piece of iron, and it just grinds it down to a sharp point. Sometimes we need to grind on our friends a little bit, those we hang out with a little bit. You've got to be careful how you do it, but you know what? You're doing them a favor. That God's going to use you to help grind them down because he's transforming each of us into his image. If he's transforming us, that means that we got, I don't know, I got some stuff that needs to be changed. Maybe, maybe I'm not talking to the right people, but I do. I got stuff that needs to be changed. So that's why God disciplines us. Um, you know, your kids, think about it. Kids today, with everything that's going on, it's so much tougher to be a kid today than it was way back when, when I was a kid. That was a long time. Mark. As, long, as far back as Mark was, I mean, gosh, it was easy. I bet it was easy being a kid. But now, you know, everything, you can't remember, yeah. But, you know, you think about, okay, the pandemic, oh, yeah, all right, that was hard on all of us, tough on kids. Uh, social media, all the stuff that goes on social media. 
the bullying, all the bullying that's going on now. I mean, we saw bullying, but not like it is today. It's getting progressively worse. I'm just telling you, and we got, we got a few white-haired people in the audience. Things are speeding up. We're seeing the things evil is speeding up in the world today. You may not see it much. If you're, just, if you're younger, you think, well, this is the way it is. No. It didn't used to be that five years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago. I won't go any further. But man, it's speeding up, okay? So it's a tough place for kids. Now, I like what Galatians 5.22 tells us. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against these things. The Holy Spirit produces these, okay? We can't produce them on our own. So that's why it's important that we're really filled up with the Holy Spirit. And you have the Holy Spirit when you accept Jesus as Lord, okay? No man can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit of God. But you can get filled up with the Spirit and have more of the Holy Spirit. Walking in the Holy Spirit. And we need that because He produces all the fruit of the Spirit. And what is the fruit of the Spirit? That's the character of God. Look at all of those. Love, joy, peace. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the God of love. Goodness, faithfulness. This is the, these are the characteristics of our God. And Holy Spirit wants to transform us into His image. So we're walking in the fruit of the Spirit. So we need to be teaching this to our kids, teaching this to ourselves, teaching it to our friends. Um, you know, with, with the kids, we can help train them on what it means to be thoughtful, what it means to be kind. Show them how to be kind. Show them how to, you know, deal with the problems, the relationships that are going on around us, right? So that's how we can help them grow. But it's the Holy Spirit who produces. So we can't produce those fruits in them, but we can help them understand them and grow in them and, re and encourage them as they're moving in it because if the Holy Spirit is, is producing them in us, then we, they need to be encouraged that, yes, you're on the right track. Keep doing that. And so we can train them up how to be thoughtful, self-controlled, loving kids. Okay, now another one is we need to train them up how to be respectful. We're losing that in our society today. And I can remember the day when everybody was, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Today it's dude. Hey, dude. My grandkids call me dude. They better be not close enough. I do not like to be called dude, do I? No, I do not. I am not a dude. I'm not a bro either. <laughs> Although I may get a bro bun one of these days, huh? Um, but respect, you know, respect elders, respect your friends, respect parents, respect teachers, those in authority, the police. I mean, that, see, look at what our culture is doing. Our culture is saying, no, you don't need to respect the police. I'm sorry, we do need to respect the police. The, respect, the, the police are here to help every one of us. Sometimes there may be a problem, but I tell you, it's a pretty small percentage. We need to show them respect. 
we, in, we even need to respect all of those in authority over us, including our politicians. That's, sometimes that gets pretty hard. <laughs> I won't go there. <laughs> so respect. I love it when I see kids with good manners. Well, our, Mary and Ryan aren't here today, are they? Okay, so Mary and Ryan Publava. Mary Publava's grandchild, Emery? M, what? M, Emrin. Emrin. Okay, Emrin. That cute little redheaded girl. I was watching her worship a few weeks ago, and it was so beautiful. And the Lord gave me a word for her. So after the service, we grabbed her. And I said, hey, I, I think I have a prophetic word for your granddaughter. And, and Mary and Ryan came over. and So she came up, and she just looked me right in the eyes. I said, I believe God wants to tell you something. She goes, thank you, sir. And I shared the word with her, and I told her what I thought God was saying to her, and she got this big smile. She said, I really appreciate you sharing that with me, sir. She showed such good manners. I, I walked, I mean, I got more blessed than she did. <laughs> that's the way, that's the way we're all supposed to be. It was a blessing. We need to train our kids to be good citizens. Citizens. I grew up believing, and I still believe this is the greatest country in the world. I, even though there's stuff going on. But you know what? We're losing that. We're losing that. We, what's the proper way to act when we get out in the world? We're in a restaurant. Or, uh, you know, when we're at church or school. Um, we need to be good citizens. The kids need to know there's a difference between the inside voice and the outside voice. That's what my mom always used to say. I kind of had a lot of outside voice going on. No? Use your inside voice. Okay, now that's physically too, right? Inside voice, outside voice. The stuff you do in your backyard is not necessarily the stuff you do when you're, running, when you're in church. <laughs> running around. Maybe you shouldn't be running around. Or you're, you know, in school, how you treat... Inside voice, outside voice. How you behave at home, in the backyard with your friends is different than how you behave when you're out in public. Those are things we all need to be teaching. That's self-control. Self-control and kindness. Uh, we talk about that at home a lot too, don't we? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're not happy. <laughs> I always said this growing up. My kids, if, if my kids are grow, uh, turn out good, and that means I was a good dad. And I put a lot of effort into raising them. But if they turn out bad, it means they took after Cassie's side of the family. <laughs> and I still believe that today. <laughs> Patriotism. How about training them up in some patriots? We have some patriots here today. Yeah. yeah. And it's more than those that are serving in the military, right? We need to be patriots, okay? Um, one of my biggest concerns as a father and a grandfather is that uh, my family's not going to grow up to experience the great country that I grew up in. It's breaking my heart. The stuff I'm seeing, I'm, I'm worried. It's breaking my heart. We need, to, uh, we need to help raise up 
patriots to understand what this country has done. And I could go through a long list of what the country's done, and I don't have time to do that now. But uh, this country was founded on Christian principles. Most of, the, most of our founding fathers were believers. Most of them were Bible-believing believers, and they wrote the laws based on biblical principles. George Washington was sworn in. He not only put his hand on the Bible, he opened it up to Genesis 17 and put his hand on Genesis 17, which was where God promised Abram the promised land, and he was calling this the promised land. That's what George Washington did. So we need to raise up our kids to be patriots. We need to teach our kids to be godly achievers. You know uh, what achiever is? is somebody that successfully reaches a goal or an objective. Uh, in slide six, Jeremiah. For I know I have the, the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God has a plan for every one of us. Amen? Amen? And so to achieve that means um, we, need to, we need to pursue the plan that God has for us. You, it's not just going to happen. You can't just sit back and wait for God to do it in your life. We need to achieve it. We need to pursue it. Go after it. Paul talks about running after the race, right? Running after the prize. Running the race to go after the prize. That's what we are all called to do. So that we can walk in the things that he's calling us to be. Pursuing. And I'm not saying being a producer. You know, a producer means you're going after stuff because you want to gain something. You want to gain money or you want to gain fame or you want to gain... Pursuing means you're going after something to become something. If you want to be something, you need to pursue it. If you want to be a teacher, you need to pursue that. You have to go to school to become a teacher, right? You could go through all the different things. And so God wants us to be pursuing what he's calling us to for the calling that he has on our life, for the plan he has on our life. And all we have to do is open up and seek him and pray, and he will show us who he is calling us to be. And as we then pursue that, he will help. It's a process. We can't just start walking in it. Like when we were called to, into, the, into deliverance ministry, we couldn't just start walking in it. First, we started studying. We read a lot of books. And then we started trying to just move in it. And we, you know, maybe we'd have a little success, maybe we wouldn't. Or we'd get around somebody that knew how to move in that ministry. And they would mentor us. And, and we would ment And then over time, a process came, and then we were moving in that ministry. And that's what God wants to do in all of our lives, because there's lots of things he wants to do through each one of us, right? And the last one I want to say here is we, he wants us to be repentant. We need to, we need to come to a place of repentance. And is, what, what time is it? Is my time right here? Yep, I'm running out of time. Okay, repentance. David was, the, David was the example for us, right? He sinned with Bathsheba. He sinned by killing or having Uriah killed. But then when Nathan came to him, uh, when Nathan came to him and said, why did you despise the Lord? Uh, why, by doing what is evil in God's eyes, David then said, I have sinned against the Lord, and he repented and turned. And he was called to be a man after God's own heart. And that's what we're trying to be. We're trying to be people after God's own heart. So we have to become to that place of repentance. 
We need to teach that to our kids. We need to teach them how to be repentant, how to forgive people, how to walk in forgiveness. In the deliverance ministry, another major point when we have trouble with someone getting set free is they have something in their life, they can't, somebody they can't forgive, something that happened that they can't forgive. Forgiveness sets us free. We have to learn to walk in forgiveness because all the stuff that was in us, God forgave with Jesus on the cross. And he's our example. So we have to walk in that forgiveness too. So all of that, I didn't get to really get into the identity in Christ, but that all fits with this plan that we are called to be in his identity, the identity he's called us to. And we, we were talking about it in prayer today. We, we can be insecure. The security comes from knowing who we are in Jesus Christ, knowing our identity in Christ. And you can seek God on that and, and, and read his word, and he will speak to you and give you verses. And as you memorize those verses, that will start to change your DNA, and you will grow in the identity that God, God is calling you to. Today is a day of healing, okay? You may, there may be something I said, and you say, gosh, I need to change that. Or there may be something I said, and you, and you feel in shame. There is no shame in Jesus Christ. He wants to heal us. He wants to bring, um, he wants to, 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 maybe we have to repent. Maybe there's some who have to repent. I want to just take a moment and pray and let you in your seat, just let the Lord speak to you about how this message uh, impacted you and how, how you want to deal with the Lord in that. There may be some of you here that, don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you made a choice when you were young, but now you say, you know, I'm really not walking with the Lord like I should. He wants to deal with that. That's the biggest healing that there is. That's the biggest miracle. We look at miracles. We, we hear about miracle healings and people's, you know, I mean, with terrible diseases healed instantly. The biggest miracle of all is when we come into relationship with Jesus Christ. So let bow your head in prayer, please. Lord, I just pray right now that you would minister to each of us. Bring those things to the surface. Just as uh, silver is boiled, heated, the dross rises to the surface. What are the things rising to the surface in your life? Things that God's telling you need to change. All you have to do is ask him and he'll help you change him. Things that are rising to the top where you say, you know, I, I need to forgive in this area. All you need to do is make the choice. These are all choices. You choose to change. You choose to ask forgiveness. You choose to repent. And maybe that repentance means accepting Jesus as your Lord. Right now, is, you can do that right now. I don't have to have you raise your hands. I don't have to have you come forward. It's really between you and the Lord in your heart. Call on him now. Say, I want to change. I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I want to make you Lord. I want to make you preeminent in my life. Number one. Lord, I just pray healing. I come against shame. I come against condemnation. I just pray healing and grace and 
mercy over all of these. In Jesus' name, amen. Mark, anything? Happy Father's Day, everybody. Let's go celebrate Father's Day. Bless you all. Well, at this time, I'd like to invite the prayer teams down. And if that, that word really resonated with you and you feel like God is moving in your heart and you want to press into that, um, come on down to the front. We would love to pray with you. And if you want to receive the Lord as your, as your Savior, come down. We want to pray with you as well. So yeah, prayer teams, why don't you come down? I'll just be up here playing and praying. <laughs> and if you don't need prayer or anything like that, have a blessed rest of your day, a happy Father's Day, and a great week. Go and be in the salt and light of the earth. Amen. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for joining us online. We appreciate you. We love you. God bless you. <laughs>